We're coming to the end of our series. We've been looking at the whole subject of what it looks like to have a life that's not just stressed, but blessed. How many of us would like a blessed life? Who would like to be so blessed you could never be stressed? See, now you're waking up, aren't you? There's something in it for you. We all want a blessed life, such a blessed life that we'd never be stressed. And our subject this afternoon is loneliness, because sometimes in the midst of stress and anxiety and busyness, in all the activity of our life, sometimes if we're really honest, when the door is shut and the videos are finished playing and um, we stop talking to our friends on Twitter or whatever it is you do, then it's very, very isolating. Do you know we've got more choices in the world than we've ever had? I don't know about you, but I get a little confused about that. And even with all those choices, more access to information than we've ever known in the history of mankind. People are connecting in all kinds of ways with all kinds of people from all kinds of parts of the world. And yet there's an epidemic of loneliness that exists right here in most people's hearts and in most people's lives. And often the question that I think people want to ask is this, what can Jesus do to help me with my loneliness? Well, the first thing I want to suggest to you this afternoon is he's promised you that he will never leave or forsake you. Whenever everyone else disappears and people let you down, and trust me, they often do, don't they? Have you noticed that? Have you got a world of people with full of good intentions? Come on, speak to me, church. Have you got a world like mine? People full of good intentions. It doesn't always work out the way we anticipate it will. And even those who are close to us sometimes can disappoint us. But God will never leave and he will never forsake us. And I think one of the reasons that Jesus can make those promises to us is that he is eternal. And I don't know if you've noticed anything about the people sitting around you, but they're not probably going to be here in about 50, maybe 100 years' time. But he is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. And you can rely on him because he is an eternal God. The other thing I think that's important to highlight is this, that Jesus understood what it was like to be lonely. And as I look at his life, I realize he probably had way more experiences regarding loneliness and isolation than I ever, ever would have first imagined. Let's look at this scripture together. If you have a Bible with you, we're going to turn to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. We're going to read from Isaiah chapter 53, and it's verse 3, and this is what it says. He was despised. Anybody had a day like that? A month like that? (laughs) He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus knew exactly what it feels like to be isolated, to be rejected, to be hurt, to be abandoned by people. And the Bible says that even though he experienced everything that we've experienced as human beings, he was without sin. Hebrews 4 verse 15 reminds us that in spite of the human frailties and difficulties that Jesus faced, he did not sin. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but if somebody rejects me, I usually sin. (laughs) Are you like me? If somebody rejects me, I usually sin. I might not say it out loud, but I certainly say some things on the inside. And I often thank God that what happens on the inside doesn't come on the outside anymore. There used to be a time when it did, and thank God he's put a block to that. But can you imagine being like Jesus, where someone who hurts you, or somebody rejects you, or somebody causes you pain, doesn't cause you to sin? Now, have you ever held a grudge against someone? Come on, for the benefit of your friend who couldn't make it today, answer on their behalf. Has anybody ever held a grudge against somebody else who'd hurt them? Tell the truth, you're in church. (laughs) 
Has anybody ever judged somebody who's hurt them? Have you ever decided to avoid them, otherwise known as unforgiveness? <laughs> so Jesus was acquainted with all of the things that we feel as human beings. Loneliness, isolation, rejection, abandonment. He was despised and rejected by men. But actually Hebrews 4 verse 15 tells us he was a man who had no sin. Now that may even sound like something pleasant to deal with. Imagine having a sin-free life. Wouldn't you love if you could take a pill and suddenly you were holy? I think there'd be a queue at the front. All of those internal difficulties that you have disappear and you're just so pure and so without any problem. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? If there was a door that you could walk through and when you got to the other side of it, you'd be perfected. Wouldn't you like to go? But Jesus, being perfect, lived in an imperfect world. Peter says of Lot and his experiences of this life and this broken environment in which he was in, that day after day he saw the lawless deeds that he had heard. And how much worse is it for Jesus, the living perfect one who is without sin? Can you imagine what his childhood was like? Now I grew up and I was a little odd, you probably realize that. I was not like the other boys. I was creative and all my family are all fighters. I was created by God to be a lover. Please don't laugh at me. But you know, growing up for Jesus wouldn't have been easy. You think you were misunderstood. You think that people would have had interactions in your life that were difficult for you to work through and understand. Can you imagine how Jesus grew up? He would have stuck out like a sore thumb. He was never quite the same as everybody else because he was God. He was pure. He was perfect. Can you imagine his interactions around the dinner table? Other people were talking about football and he was talking about the glories of God. He would have been considered quite an unusual child. Even his parents would not have understood him. How many of us can identify with that? Nor would they have been able to protect him from others who scorned him or made remarks about him or even mocked him because of his unusualness. I also wonder how he related to his siblings. I mean, I used to have, I still have brothers who are slightly delusional. But I've never had a brother who thought he was God. Mind you, I did say to him once, Larry, what's the difference between you and God? And he said, I don't know. I said, God doesn't think he's Larry Foster. Takes a while for that to come. Oh, there it was. His brothers and his sisters would have become increasingly aware of how unusual he was. While they had motives that were self selfish and um, self-promoting, Jesus would have exhibited a kindness and a generosity and his behavior would have been really unusual even amongst his siblings. He would have had a reputation in his family. Now, how many of us have an auntie or an uncle that we don't invite at Christmas anymore? Or maybe you know some person who has found religion and you keep as far away from them as possible. Can you imagine sitting across the dining table from the Son of God, who knows everything that you're thinking before you're thinking it? 
every answer to every question. You know, we all have somebody in our family who thinks that they're a walking encyclopedia. Imagine then coming up in conversation with someone like God who knows everything about everything. It would have been a very interesting life that Jesus lived. No human being could put an arm around him as he sat in tears whenever people rejected him and treated him harshly and say these words, I know exactly what you're going through. Jesus' loneliness came to a climax when he became sin for us. On the cross, above all experiences he had of isolation and separation, from his Father in heaven, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, that he felt that his Father had forsaken him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the reason I highlight this to you is often when I think of my own loneliness, and I do at times struggle a little bit with that kind of sense of isolation or separation anxiety, I call it, I know that Jesus would have had every feeling, every experience, every um, opportunity in his humanity to experience all kinds of things that were worse and perhaps many times far more serious than mine, but actually he was without sin. Jesus has entered into our world so that we can understand how to access his world. Jesus came so that he could resolve for us that separation anxiety that exists and we would never ever lose our connection with God. He will never leave or forsake you. Now Jesus doesn't just understand our loneliness, he came to destroy it. He destroyed it because he died on your behalf and you are no longer truly a stranger or an alien, but you are a citizen with the saints and the members of God's family. You have been brought into the family of God. One of the scriptures says, once you were not a people, but now you are a people, a royal people, a holy people set apart for the purposes of God. So Jesus annihilated your separation from God when he came to this earth. Jesus also was alienated from God and man because he could not enjoy in his humanity and his divinity the fullness of family relationships in the way that you or I have experienced them. He remained forever a saint and a child of God, even in the midst of an environment that perhaps wasn't as good as he had hoped it could be. Jesus also restored intimacy between you and God. The day that you offered Jesus your life the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you and God inside of you is the hope that you have in the midst of loneliness. Because of Jesus, you can draw near to God with confidence. You can come before his throne of grace and his mercy will find you there and help you there in every anxious and needy part of your life. I have a real belief that the church should offer to the world some answers to the problem of a soul that's been isolated or left alone. Our relationship with God is the beginning of that restoration process. Since I've walked with Jesus for over 33 years, although I still feel my human loneliness, I know that I can talk to God at any point in any day about anything in my life. And the wonderful thing about that relationship is that he has answers to the questions that I have about my human condition. The second part of what God offers to me as a person that sometimes struggles with loneliness and isolation is a brand new family. I am part of your life, you're part of my life. We are the body of Christ. 
I need you and hopefully from time to time you might need me. It's good to be needed occasionally, don't you think? It's good to be wanted occasionally. And so for the lonely, for those who are disenchanted by life, those who have been separated by God, from God through the situation and circumstances of their life, they come not only into relationship with God, but they come into relationship with the family. And I will take my last breath believing that the church is the answer to many of the difficulties and the problems that people are experiencing here on the earth. Here's some adjects that, the, the, that are used to describe the church. Family. For those who have no family that they can call their own, the church is the family of God. Now, families are peculiar. Take a look around you, you'll see I'm telling you the truth. But a place to belong, a place to call home, and a place where you're accepted for who you are until you become all that you hope you can be. The family of God is a great antidote to the social problem of loneliness. The other thing that the Bible says about the church is this, <clears throat> that we are his house. That's a resting place, somewhere to call home, somewhere to come back to on life's journey over and over and over again. I don't think I would probably be in church if I wasn't a Christian. I'm not the kind of person that would come to a gathering like this just because the music was good or somebody was saying some interesting things. When I got born again, I found myself compelled to join a church. And I would turn up with my long hair and my funny clothes and they didn't have a clue what to do with me. And I had less of a clue what to do with them. But over time, I began to see the hearts of the people that God had placed around me. Do you know, if you're here today for the first time and you're looking for somewhere to belong, this is a great place to belong. We are very broken and very ordinary, but we love an extraordinary God who can do incredible things in our hearts and in our lives. So Jesus was acquainted with loneliness. He was a man of sorrows. He was rejected and despised. And yet, in spite of all that he experienced here on this earth, he was without sin. He didn't operate in judgment. He didn't reject people. He didn't hold people accountable to things that they promised or said or even didn't turn up and do. Jesus was without sin. It is possible for us in our loneliness to gain from God such a closeness that we don't have to cause ourselves to behave like that with other people here on the earth. If my needs are satisfied, in relationship with him, you are but icing on that cake. You are not my life, my death, my first and my last, because I already have someone that actually is taking care of me. 